Basketball country, Louisville, Kentucky. Woo woo. Podcast for all ballers, big and small. This is the checkup. My name's Chesley. I'm sitting here with Kyle. What's up, Kyle? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Mm, good to hear you. Good to hear you. And to my left, I got big man Moose. What's up, Moose? Hey, how you doing, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? Mm, we're uh, sitting down, looking pretty. We are fluffed and primped and prepped. And uh, ready to talk some basketball. We're in the very start of the playoff season right now. We'll get uh, we'll get to the playoffs here in a moment. But we figured, as it is our first sit-down of the minds between us, we might as well go ahead and touch on the regular season. So, let's go ahead and do a little bit of regular season award stuff. I'm down. Let's get this bitch cracking. Hell yeah. All right, so um, per Kyle's request, we are not going to start with the MVP conversation, uh, but one maybe Kyle I think is a little closer than the MVP. We're going to go with Defensive Player of the Year. So, Kyle, you were so adamant about talking about this specifically first. Who do you feel is your Defensive Player of the Year? So if we're talking, you know, stats – we could really choose any kind of guy, you know. Statistic, or historically speaking, we're talking big men or elite defending guards, i.e., Tony Allen, Pat mm-hmm. Beverly types. Okay, I'm not seeing that so much this year. On one hand, I really want to say Miles Turner. The man has been an absolute SWAT team. He has shut everybody down. On the other hand, you could also say Rudy Gobert. I mean, he is a staple of consistency. Mm-hmm. And. To be totally fair, as underwhelming as the Thunder have been for all of us, my pick is with Paul George. Still rocking with Paul George. Still rocking with Paul George. Okay. Paul George has, hands down to me, been the most effective player on the Thunder all year long. Yes, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. It's not even exciting anymore. Sorry to say that. but You're not sorry. I'm not. But... <laughs> but Paul George, for a guy who is 6'8 and can defend five positions, has more steals than anybody in the NBA, NBA, averages more steals than anybody in the NBA, and has the second most deflections of anybody in the NBA this year. Mm. Okay, The Thunders plus minus with him on the floor versus him off the floor is vastly different. So that's Paul George is my, my choice for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't see how anybody could beat him. I like the pick. I do like the pick. Uh, I think, obviously, at a super, super hot start to the year, shooting the ball, yes, uh, pretty much playing at the highest caliber I think Paul George has ever played in a regular season. Agreed. Like, is this arguably his best season of his career? Uh, I would say he's up there with, like, 2012 Paul George before the injuries. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, he was a bad man back then. Yeah, he was. Real I mean, bad he man. still is. I mean... Uh, I, I think he was definitely a very early MVP pick for a mm-hmm. lot of people. 
Um, his shooting has fallen off. I feel like the Thunder went through a slump, are still in that slump. Yes, they made it to the playoffs, but think about their roster, and they have a decent bench. They should be higher than where they are. Yeah, that's, see, the bench is where my, my Paul George uh, Defensive Player of the Year kind of argument sort of falls apart. Like, the Thunder really don't have much coming off the bench in terms of wing guys. That's true. Uh, they've been getting a lot of use out of Hamadou Diallo. Oh, they're good, heavy. And uh, Deontay Burton, who is essentially just like like a like a baby version of PJ Tucker. Yeah, I was I always think uh, of him as like a Darius Miller, but if you flip flop their offensive and defensive games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real simple. But like uh, Abdel Nader has not been getting a lot of play, as well. Um, so like his his value of a replacement player when it comes to the Thunder specifically, obviously you're going to get a lot more of his defensive prowess um, shining through, and I'm sure the numbers show that as well. Um, another guy I don't necessarily think is my pick for defensive player of the year, but if we're talking about just sheer impact, Clay Thompson. <laughs> not not this year. Not this year. Clay's Clay's still a hell of a defender. But why why can't we say that Giannis is not the defensive player of the year? Um, no, I agree with you on that that he most definitely has the potential to be, but I feel like there's a strange, you know, taboo mindset, you know, attached to the you cannot be both MVP or Defensive Player of the Year. It's like one or the other. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, you can be an MVP and win a scoring title, but, you know, this whole defense wins championships, well, let me let me tell you what, we're talking about the regular season. Yeah. Right? So, like, unless you're Michael Jordan, you're you're not going to get the look for it. Pretty much. Even though Giannis has been a complete, absolute beast been a monster. on defense this year. Monster. Uh, transition, like the way that he essentially can play any position on the floor. Comes out uh, of nowhere. He, he can be on three-point line and still block your shot in the paint in two steps. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something I've never seen before. And I will say he does get a lot of help. With Brooke Lopez on the floor, yeah, uh, so you still get to play a like standard traditional five man mm-hmm. who can also now step out and shoot threes and make space for him on offense, which is why he can still, you know, be on the court with him and why the Bucks have been so effective this year. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm just it, it, the argument is there for Giannis. I just don't know if I can pull the trigger on it, Moose. I'm curious to hear who um, your pick is. I got Rudy Gobert as my defensive player of the year. Okay. Um, Even after he cried when he didn't make the All-Star team? We're just going to forget. He should have made the All-Star team. He should have, but he, he, could, made the he couldn't team. defend those fucking tears from falling out of his eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's French, okay? The man has emotions, Kyle. Might as well be Canadian. <laughs> um, I, I, Every game I watched of the Jazz this year, every time he's on the floor, it was like you knew it. You know, every defensive, like, he's talking, he's communicating with his team. Like, he runs that defense, and being – the best defense in the game, uh, in the NBA, like, I mean, you you got to think that like, without Rudy Gobert, where would that team be? No, you're right. But the bit of the season in like December when he was out for what like twelve Utah games, Utah Jazz trash. Utah was not good. I mean, yeah. And 
coming from U of L fan, and I want to say Donovan Mitchell is the best player in Utah, but Rudy Gobert is the best player in yes, Utah. In absolutely. All reality. The the team is still centered around Rudy Gobert. Yes. Most definitely, he's not the the lead scoring option, but he's their best shooter. You know, statistically, percentage wise, percentage wise, mm-hmm. their best shooter. He's one of the best shooters from you know. In, he might be the best shooter inside the paint in the NBA with when it comes to finishing and percentages, um, mm. but. He's. I'm just saying, like the guy is. He just changes the game so much defensively that you have to. Real quick, I said that Rudy Gobert has the top field goal percentage in the NBA this year. <laughs> Little stat check there. I like that. I and mean, top true true shooting percentage and effective field goal percentage. Well, yep, bigs are always going to get a little bit of the lean on those numbers. Yeah, but it so just. Tall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just. Uh, put back opportunities and things like that, but it just shows really what his what his. I know like, these awards is. are based on the regular season, but just watching the two games that the Jazz have played in the postseason, you can tell every time Harden goes into the paint, you know he he's looking. He's had to shoot that floater more times than he wants to. And yeah. Honestly, it, it hadn't been hitting. Like you, you see James Harden get kind of frustrated when Rudy Gobert's out there. Hell, I would too. You got a seven foot four dude standing in front of you. <laughs> seven ten wingspan, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And let's, let's be real. Like James Harden is incredible athlete, incredible scorer, mm-hmm. but not the not the Kobe type of athlete to be able to go in and, and attack everybody. and attack the like that. True. You he, know, James Harden. When I think of him attacking the basket, is more of a rim grazer and a euro step guy. Yes. You know, he creates opportunities from his moves, his lateral moves. More than he does his vertical. Mm-hmm. He can still get up there and dunk. He can. I've seen a couple nosebleeds. I'm not this saying. Year I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that he can. <laughs> I'm just saying when I think of James Harden, I'm thinking of a guy who is, like I said, using his lateral movement more so than he is his vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, real quickly, while we're on the subject of James Harden, you said earlier Paul George is second in the NBA in deflections this year. I said third. Third. James Harden is second. James Harden is second. <laughs> yeah. In deflections this year. And I, th- I believe top three in steals. He's up there. Or man. top five in steals. For everybody who says that James Harden does not play defense, he has really turned it up this year. He has he has been completely out of his mind this oh, year. Most, most definitely. Um, so, yeah, the Harden can't play defense conversation. Yeah, he doesn't, like, fight through picks uh, at all, pretty Better much. Better than it was three years ago. <laughs> but Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but to piggyback on you, Moose, uh, I have Gobert as well. I think that... Turner definitely should get some looks for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, but the the second-half stats for the Jazz, um, even though the schedule for them kind of lightened up towards the end of the year, I think it's it just shows his Gobert's complete dominance on the defensive end. So I would go Rudy for Defensive Player of the Year. All right, we got Rudy 2, Paul George 1. We'll see you at the end of the season. What we got? Yeah, what's uh, we're looking June, June on those now. Yeah, June twenty fourth. I would say June twenty fourth. Twenty fourth commercial for June twenty fourth for the yeah. ceremony. Hey, well, yeah, we'll check back in about two months to get to uh, defensive player of the year. But it's might as well. I mean, we're we're already talking about Harden. We're already talking about Giannis. Let's talk about MVP. Let's do so, it. So, I'll I'll start off. I have. A really, really close race here um, between Harden and Giannis for sure. Uh, Before you get started, can we all agree it's a two-man race? No doubt. Yeah, no. I th- I think that um, that Giannis and Harden have separated themselves 
Absolutely. Okay. I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Yeah, right? absolutely separated themselves as the top two. Um, like there, there's there's no doubt in my mind that I mean nobody else is even going to be a mention. I mean Steph Curry might get some votes. Steph will get just some votes. Steph, you know, KD Paul might, George yeah. still might get some votes exactly. as well. Sure but that. Steph has also had a great second half of the season. I'm just saying, I, two guy race though. I yeah. agree with that. Sneaky, sneaky top five though. Nick Jokic. I gotta, I gotta mention my guy. I like that. Nikola, big Joker out there. I would love to. I just don't think he's there yet. He's gonna, he's gonna get some looks for votes. I believe that. I mean, the Denver faithful will definitely. Mm. There, there will be some people throwing yeah. him in there. But you're right. He's not there just yeah. yet. A big fan. Oh, but. absolutely. But still, Harden, Giannis, on an, um, absolutely another level. I am leaning Giannis with my MVP. Is as tough as the decision is, and as much as I really wanted to pick Harden after just the absurd numbers that he started putting up. Uh, after their what first twenty games, Rockets are below like, five hundred, I believe. Oh yeah, they're yeah, a lot. They were, they were I think bad. through the, like the first quarter of the season, they're like eight and fourteen at one mm-hmm. point, um, and that's when they had everybody. That was before their injuries. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like after the Capella injury and Chris Paul going down, Harden just going completely nuclear. That thirty point stretch. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like he he has put up wild. he's put up insane scoring numbers. He's the first guy since Jordan, am I right, to go average over 35? Yeah, I think 36.1. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, got. he is absolutely insane. We already talked about his stepping up his defense. Um, assists are still super, super strong for Harden this year. But, I mean, the guy has just taken the team on his shoulders, which is what normally what you want out of an MVP candidate, right? Yeah. Um, but I think Giannis has the edge. Um, the, the, the man is... Unstoppable. Um, the comparisons to Orlando Magic era Shaquille O'Neal are blatantly obvious. Yeah. At this point, um, I would agree. Um, a big thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, James Harden has been as effective as he has been since he's had another player to play off of who is not quite as significant but does his job incredibly well, uh, i.e., a Clint Capella. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris Paul as well. Chris That's Paul who I was as well. You were going with no, first. but I'm saying Clint Capella, and it really reminds me of like this D'Antoni offense that they had on this team, like 0506, I think it was. You know, the Phoenix Suns, where the guy who handled the ball and scored all the points won MVP that year. Yeah, I think he goes by the name of Steve Nash, but um, it's very reminiscent of that. Absolutely, um, D'Antoni has reworked his system to fit Harden specifically. Yes, and uh, the same way that you could argue that. Coach Bud has come in Milwaukee and created this system that can give Giannis the room to just absolutely trample all over the competition. Yeah, no, I mean that's you got to give a got to give like a little bit of a shout out to Bud for really unlocking that next layer mm-hmm. of Giannis's game. Well, and remember last year when I was in, when I went to Milwaukee and I saw them play the Clippers. Yeah, what did I tell you about the Milwaukee Bucks? They looked absolutely lost on defense. They mm-hmm. had no idea when to switch, where their man was at any time. I mean, and you're talking about, I mean, these are NBA basketball players. These are guys that have come up through the system and been, done this and done that, and they're supposed to be elite defenders at all these levels. And then they get into the NBA, and none of them, they, they, it looks like they don't know what they're doing. Right. This year has been a completely different story. Mike Budenholzer has gone in there, 
and totally changed the face of that franchise, like totally changed their image, what they're there for, what they're doing. I mean, kudos to him and absolutely way to way to really just bring it all out of yeah. guys. And we'll touch on Bud too once we get to Coach of the Year awards oh, because I think he's going to be high on everyone's lists. Um, but yeah, again, I have Giannis. Uh, where are you sitting, Moose? I got James Harden. Um, okay, you know we mentioned all the the numbers that he. Put out. He had another 50-point triple-double this year, which mm-hmm. I still can't wrap my head around. I can't do that video game. It's pretty wild. I mean, him I doing can't. it in real life. Um, you know, we talked about the 30-point games uh, in a row. That's For a second, I really thought he was going to pass Will Chamberlain. I really did. The way he was shooting the ball, the way he was scoring, a volume score, getting to the line mm-hmm. damn near 20 times a game. Like, it, it's just something you can't stop. And... Like you said earlier, Kyle, you was talking about the Suns offense. I, I do see a lot of Suns offense in this Rockets team, and it's amazing how with Mike D'Antoni, he has literally changed basketball. Like everybody in the NBA, let me let me rephrase it. He changed basketball in the NBA because everybody now is seeing how many threes they can shoot. Yeah, running at seven seconds. Yeah, it's and it, as a fan, it's very entertaining to watch. But I also do like the you know eighty to eighty five game or whatever the low scoring games in the NBA. I like those as well. But James Harden, he just he's a guy I turn the TV on every day to see. You know, I I like to oh what did James Harden do last night? Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that much with Giannis this year. Not discrediting him or anything, but yeah, it's just the hype was there all year. He lived up to it. He carried the team on his back like literally brick after brick put it on his back and was like well, let's go you know I got you guys we're getting to playoffs let's go and the whole season I'd, I'd yeah. say I'd say that it wasn't for 10 games it wasn't for 15 it was for 82 yes yeah. and that, and that's why I, I'm leading Giannis because um, he was the MVP for me start of the season to the end of the season yeah and no matter like I, I won't knock your Harden pick because I really don't think there's a wrong answer I don't think there's a wrong answer yeah. here at this point, it's like a flink, uh, a coin flip. flip. Yeah, exactly. Flink, and they're and they're it. yeah, a flink flip. A flink it. But the Rockets are what one win and one Denver loss away from sitting in the two seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that changes everything. Okay, so you're looking at this massive scoring output from the guy on the two seed in the West, and then you're looking for this incredible complete season from the one seed in the East. So, but James Harden just didn't do it, put the ball in the bucket. He also facilitated, got rebounds. You know, we mentioned that's him. true. Mm-hmm. What second in the league in steal or tip passes or whatever, like deflections. Yeah, yeah. that that shows a lot of growth in James Harden's game and his, and focus and commitment. Yes. Yeah, because with as much deal. as he has the ball on offense, that you know it's got to be tiring. Oh, and for you, sure. You know, you got to be thinking like the last thing on his mind is wanting to go back and play defense when he's got to carry the team on his back. That's what impresses me is that he put that effort, he put the will into becoming a better defensive player. I think the thing that I got most out of James Harden this year is we we no longer need to ask the question, can he do this every single night? Yeah, sure. We know that he can. I mean, he is a generational scorer. I mean, he is up there, obviously, with the likes of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Those guys, those elite Legendary yeah. two guards. Give me James bucket. Harden. Give me a bucket. I thought you said Jimmy Buckets for a second. <laughs> <laughs> We're already having PTSD. I need you to go out, give me a bucket, and those are the three guys I'm picking. Um, my pick is Giannis, if, okay. if we're going to go there. Um, James Harden, incredible season. Uh, to me, it honestly comes down to efficiency. James Harden took more shots than anybody in the NBA this year, missed more shots than anybody in the NBA this year. Um Played almost, I think, second most minutes behind Bradley Beal per game. Mm-hmm. 
Giannis is putting up incredible numbers in, you know, three quarters of the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, arguably defensive player of the year. Could have been up there to win the scoring title if James Harden hadn't had such an outrageous season. Um, you know, great facilitator for his size, super versatile. Took his team to a number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Yes, first year LeBron's gone. I think even if LeBron had stayed in Cleveland, it's very possible he would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. So my pick is with Giannis. Uh, I think he's worked hard. I think he deserves it. Um, And like I said, that's also, you know, hats off to Mike Budenholzer for getting him to that next level, turning him into what he is. And the scary part is (laughs) that dude learns how to shoot from three. (laughs) James who? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like... Go ahead and rename the trophy to Giannis. It's it's just yeah. Giannis is is my pick for MVP. So mm, no, I mean if he if he finds his shot from three, what are we thinking? Four or five straight years with him just in, dominating in the NBA. At least the top three in NBA yeah. voting. Uh, I mean he's he's already he's already hitting a, a decent amount to the point where teams are starting to get that like you can see the hesitation in the closeout there because they're like wait okay he can drive by me at any time he wants but if I let him set up he's if he's hitting 35% yeah that's okay I'm he can totally still be happy with that if he can hit a three point shot that's what I'm saying he can he's not a three point shooter per se no. mm-hmm. it's like, that's like somebody like when we're playing 2K being like come on Dwayne Wade hit that three <laughs> and I'm over here like he's not a three point shooter right. But he can hit threes because, like, oh, I've seen him do it in games. Like, yeah, but yeah. your release is off. And like, yeah. Just, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, that that's the guy for me. Mm-hmm. I think Giannis for years to come is going to be that guy. He's 23 years old. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And it's like, the way I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I'm like, if I had to choose one or another, like, who are you going to pick? Giannis or Kevin Durant? Oh, God. Right now? Yeah. I mean, I I pick Giannis. And that's without playing favorites. That's without playing, like, I went to Golden State thing. Like, you know? I, I love, absolutely love Kevin Durant. I think that this season, he pretty much showed that he could be the best basketball player alive yeah. right yeah. now. Um, just in terms of his... The ease of scoring. Oh, he's and, insane. And whenever he, he wants to lock 25 in. 25 a night, and you didn't even know it. Yeah, it's casual, yeah. casual. Haven't mentioned him. Or, uh, well, we did briefly mention Steph, which I think Steph definitely deserves a little bit of a look for what he's done this year. He is, he's been absolutely insane. The, the, the shooting percentage on his attempts Dude. are absolutely bonkers. Um, Steph Curry especially is since he got caught. <laughs> yeah, and once you, once you <laughs> pick that astigmatism, man, the so, whole world's going to open up for you. Now, do you think LeBron will get any votes this year for MVP? Oh, for sure. LeBron had a great season. He really did. He was just hurt. The Lakers didn't have a great season. The Lakers were injury-plagued. Um, you know, still young. There's obviously some front office stuff going on. They didn't want Luke Walton to be there. Luke Walton, necessarily, I don't think, wanted to be there. That's a, that's a big role to be in. I mean, it really is. Anybody who coaches the Lakers, you're in the hot seat. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty much taken an entire season for the dust to settle yeah. of the explosion that was LeBron Moving landing the, uh, in yeah. the Lakers. If if LeBron had not gone out with his groin injury, the Lakers, the Lakers would be in the playoffs. I think the Lakers would be in the playoffs. The Lakers would be in the playoffs, for sure. 
Um, yeah, they, they would potentially go to the Western Conference Finals. But LeBron had the worst injury of his career thus far in 16 seasons. Yeah. Okay, so are we really seeing father time? Because LeBron James averaged, what? 27, 8, and 7. 27, 8, and 7. Yeah, I mean, yep. that's insane. Insane numbers. And those are career numbers. He's for 34, this 33, 34 years old. Yeah. Wild. Wild. LeBron James will get MVP votes. Oh, yeah. And next season, I've already called it, is yep. the biggest fuck you season I think we're, oh, we're yes. going to get uh, over 30? From, from, from LeBron. I mean, uh, forget about how old anybody is. No, for, do you think you know, he'll average over 30 points? Actually? Oh, do I think he'll average over 30? Yeah. I, I don't think he'll average over 30, but the man is going to be on fire. He's going to be completely on fire. Um, He's on fire! (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think we've cleared that up at least a little bit enough about MVP. Two Giannis, one Harden. Again, no real wrong choice there. But we were already talking about coaching, so let's talk about Coach of the Year. Let's do it. Um, I think that... The way that I was leaning on MVP does also show the way I lean on Coach of the Year. It's a, it's honestly a, a decent race for Coach of the Year this year. I think that you have to give a look to Doc Rivers. Yes. I agree. You have to give a look to Nate McMillan and the Pacers. Yes. What he's done this year has been... Especially after losing Oladipo. Exactly. Yes. What, what he's True done this that. year has been incredible. Um, but Kenny Atkins, too. Kenny Atkinson, I, I will also say, has a as a strong never strong once case. thought at the beginning of the season that some makes playoffs. That thought never crossed my mind. Yeah, huge huge leap there, um, huge leap. Yes. But uh, I'm 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 for Coach Bud. The, it, I got Bud Hoser. Yeah. Um, honestly, I want to go Coach Bud. Um, the I'm going to go Kenny Atkinson, and okay. the reason that I'm going Kenny Atkinson is because if we look at the tools given to each coach. And experience. Bud's an experienced coach. He's coached winning teams before. Yeah. Um, you give him MVP caliber player and a lot of really, really good lean on guys. Um, you know, a former rookie of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, one of the best three point shooters in the league, mm-hmm. a great defensive scrap guy off the bench, and Tony Snell. Rookie great guys. Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's had a great season. I would say, yeah, breakout season. It might be nine years into the league, but a breakout season. Absolutely. Eric Bledsoe's been great, Um, which, you know me, I'm not the biggest Eric Bledsoe fan. (laughs) Um, But he's had a great year. But when you look at what Kenny Atkinson did with Brooklyn, a seemingly failing franchise since they moved from Jersey to Brooklyn. Yeah. You know, terrible trades in the beginning to go Mm -hmm. get fading away, you know, Celtics players. Um, Still by doing to, this year. To going and getting, you know, trading for D'Angelo Russell. Um, turning Spencer Dinwiddie into one of the most reliable six men. Um, being able to instill, like, a level of confidence in Karis LeVert after that foot injury and having mm-hmm. him come back and be just as effective. Okay. Jarrett Allen. I mean, what he's done with Jarrett Allen is just incredible. Yeah, the guy was a good shot blocker in college, but the way, like, he's a ball hawk. In the NBA, yes, he's blocked almost every big name. I mean, why not add it to the resume? You know, y'all seen the block he had on LeBron? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Might as well get it in while you can. That's what I'm saying. There, there are so many, so many factors that I think go into the Nets. I mean, and the main one, obviously, not Kenny Atkinson, but the Biggie jerseys. Um, (laughs) Fire, (laughs) so hot, so hot. But 
I, I really think that what he's done as a first-year head coach has just been super impressive, turning that team around to you know what was basically a dumpster fire, a sinking okay. ship, and turning them into a team that people want to follow, that people want to root for. I think it's a great thing. Like I said, Milwaukee had a great image already. They had good up and coming players. You look at the Nets last year, the yeah the Nets last year, and you're like, oh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just like there are household names yes. on that team. Oh, absolutely. Or they've made their name household this year. That's what I'm saying. There are now, and that's what I'm saying. It's like they've become household names. To of course, guys like us and people who follow the NBA. Yeah. Or not even not even closely, but but that that's why I pick Kenny Atkinson. Okay. Respect it. Yeah, no, I can definitely see the choice there. Give a little love to the guy who's pretty much had scraps and trade away pieces and small contract guys and rookies. And he said, All right, screw it. Uh, let's, let's let's build up an and winning environment. Yeah. Let's build up uh, the Barclays Center has been one of the wildest arenas if you watch any of their home games. This year, uh, they love that team. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They're definitely Kings East this year in terms of young team with growth, young team with potential. Um, the Kings, I'll just briefly mention, probably would have made the playoffs in the East. Oh, yeah. As yeah, it was. I think so. I think um, so. If we're looking at you know finishing records, I'm pretty sure they're finishing record uh, if it's a... It's a little bit worse than the Pistons, but I think they had a better record than the Hornets um, and possibly the Magic, too, um, even though I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, but no, I can respect, the, I can respect the, net, the Nets pick there, give a little Kenny Atkinson love. Is there any other coaches out there this year that you think you get a little bit of love for this? I mean, Greg Popovich. Always. Mm. Let's be real. And for, oh, no, I'm with you. You lose, you lose your first-round draft pick. You lose your... Arguably, who could have been in the running for Defensive Player of the Year and DeJounte Murray early on in the oh, year. Yeah. Um, you pick up a scorned DeMar DeRozan. I mean, you lost that trade. Let's be real. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard's an MVP caliber player. DeMar DeRozan is not. Although he is a great basketball player, he's not an MVP caliber guy. Um, to take him and to be better than an eight seed in the West, this is a lot. I mean, Pop, Pop is the greatest coach of our, of our lifetime. But I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, no, I don't think there's a question. Yeah. No doubt that he's the greatest coach in our lifetime. But, you know, you, you got to give him a nod for what he's done with his team and dealing with the injuries and dealing with aging players. I mean, L.A. has, like, has made more two-point field goals than anybody else in the NBA this year. Yeah. yeah, he, And at a, a, at a great percentage. At, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think well. he's, like, he's, like, top three in two-point field goal mm-hmm. percentage. Um, so, that's shocking. I didn't know that, but that's shocking considering with how the NBA is transitioning into that. Three ball or dunk, yeah. or I don't. Well, want to I mean, and if you think about Spurs personnel this year, that's that's another reason I will say Pop, Pop is top five, if not maybe even top three or for his coaching job this year. Um, if you look at the guys that he's starting so far in the playoffs, what he's starting, Bryn Forbes, yeah, yeah, uh, he's starting Derek White. Uh, you know, you've got uh, maybe, I mean, not maybe, he definitely is past his prime, Rudy uh, Gay. Rudy Gay. <laughs> 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 We're on the same page there. Um, but the, I mean, I'm not going to knock Bryn Forbes or Derek White. They both played really well this year. Yeah. Bryn Forbes is a solid scorer, uh, and he plays that Spurs offense to a T. Derek White has been a fantastic defender 
this year too uh, has really stepped it up there uh, the sort of uncracking the code with DeMar DeRozan has been really really interesting to watch so far this year too um, he's really really used him a lot more as a playmaker mm-hmm. uh, than he was in Toronto but you can see his growth year by year in Toronto and you're like okay DeMar can dribble a little bit more this year mm-hmm. DeMar can you know he's hitting some, some good passes you know uh, but now he's coming off pick and rolls, and he is the main ball handler for a lot of their possessions. My I would big, s- go ahead. I would say across the board, the Raptors won the trade personnel wise. But I think when it comes to players winning trades, Demar Derozan came out on top. Because think of a guy who is the head, the number one guy in Toronto, which is you know top threat in the East every single year for the last you know four years, mm-hmm. and you trade him away for Kawhi Leonard. Arguably an MVP caliber player, and you send him to the best coach in the NBA, who's only going to make him better. And we've seen that through his ball handling, through his um, playmaking. Yeah. I mean, Demar Derozan is averaging six and a half assists this year, which is double what he's ever averaged. Yeah. Yeah. That was gonna, that's what I was going to say. Is my biggest thing on watching Demar Derozan this year is uh, just the pure amazement on how uh, quickly his playmaking ability has. Improved just in that one season of Greg Popovich. Sure, yeah, it's it's the beautiful game, and we're seeing it all over again too. Um, all right, so coach of the year out so of the yeah, way. coach of the year. Uh, Need to move on to uh, what do you think, guys? Rookie of the year. Uh, let's go. Let's do most improved. That's what I was. We got most improved next. All right, okay. Can I, uh, can I start this one? Oh, oh set it off. I actually got two picks here for most approved player. I got our boy Sabonis from Indianapolis paper, okay. Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers. <laughs> and then I got uh, Montrezl Harrell as my second most approved. But it's not necessarily second. It's 1A, 1B. Okay. I got some numbers here. Sabonis averaged 14.1 points, 9.3 rebounds, 2.9 assists. How many minutes per game? Oh, he didn't get minutes. Okay. Montrezl Harrell had 16.6 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.0 assists. Gotcha. I just really – I like to play both of them. They, every game I watched the Clippers, it was always, what is Montrezl going to do today? Yeah. Uh, and very rarely he ever failed in that category of making a highlight play, making an extra effort, diving for a ball, just doing playing winning basketball, and I really appreciate seeing basketball like that. I would, I would, I love that you chose Montrezl Harrell for one of you guys because um, watching him come through Patino's system and seeing how he grew as a basketball player just at University of Louisville, he had one of the you know most exponential growths out of any player I've ever seen under Patino. Um, and I feel like Montrezl Harrell is the epitome of a great guy, but he is an explosive great guy. Yes, I mean he is everything that you thought, everything that you get out of Blake Griffin. Without the without the outside shot, um, with you know, I, I told Taylor last night that Montrezl Harrell is the new Zebo. Yes, like, he really is. Yeah, like he jumps higher. Yeah, I, I don't think he has the I don't think he has the the pure offensive touch. I don't think so either. But if you not yet the the numbers are consistent. Oh, he's extremely efficient. That's what I'm saying. Like, the numbers are consistent, the efficiency is there, and I think the basketball IQ is there. Oh, yes. sure, sure. Yes. So, and uh, it, uh, it also, I mean, we're, it does help 
you can't mention um, you can't mention Montrez Harrell this year without mentioning Lou Williams. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Um, the two have been a dominant pair coming off the bench, um, and if you look at most of the bench four fives in the league. Uh, I'll take I'll take Trez I'll take Montrez over Damian over, anybody. Yeah, exactly. Over pretty much anybody. Uh, I'll give some Demonis Sabonis love here. Uh, I think Sabonis has been fantastic coming off the bench for um, for the Pacers, and he's also had a really really highly improved season. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, really, there, there's not too many other guys that are coming off the bench in the NBA that you think like, oh yeah. Uh, I'll take him over Harold. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Let me drop something in y'all's ear about the most approved player. Okay. Would it be crazy if Giannis didn't win MVP for him to win most improved player? Two years in a row? I mean, he has... His game from last year to this year is vastly different. What if he won both? What if he won most improved MVP and defensive player of the year? He has a case for all three. Yeah. He really does. I know that sounds crazy. We're talking about MVP candidate winning most improved player, but his game from last year to today, as it stands, it he's not the same basketball player. No, I made a huge jump. Made a huge jump. But that, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, honestly, it could happen. Who'd you say you have again for yours for your most improved? He's got a tie, man. I got Sabonis and Montrez Harrell, but Sabonis and Harrell. Okay. I think if I had to write it down, it would it would go to Sabonis. Okay, so. My most improved this year, I think, is an easy pick. He, I mean, you're right. You're, you're, you're whispering it over there, but you're absolutely right. It's Pascal Siakam. Yes. Pascal Siakam, to me, is the most improved player in the league. If you want to look at stats alone, uh, the guy has made almost a 10-point jump in points per game. Uh, his rebounds, assists... The, the way that he can run the floor and either play make or attack the basket for the Raptors in transition. Uh, he, on nights where Kawhi Leonard has been sitting due to load management, rest, all of that, that the Raptors have been doing with Kawhi so far this year, Pascal has essentially been their most dominant player. Um, and I know that there's a lot of D'Angelo Russell love out there for most improved. Uh, you know, he's he's got hella highlights. Uh, the dude has one of the sickest uh, celebrations yeah. in the entire yeah. NBA. Uh, so, of course, you know, you can see, you see that tap in the vein there, ice in the veins. Um, but Spicy P, man. Spicy Pascal Siakam. Is my most improved player, I'm and I'm referring I, to him as Spicy P from here on out. He I is as well. He is he is the Spicy P. Um. So, yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you. Pascal Siakam is my most improved player. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a moment there where when the D'Angelo Russell argument started coming out, where I was really hesitant to, you know, accept him as the most improved player. I was like, okay, his usage has gone through the roof. He is obviously the leader of a young team now. He doesn't have, you know, veteran guys around him. He doesn't have other scoring options that are going to be ahead of him. So what my mindset is, is D'Angelo Russell argument was part of the image of the Nets. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got swept up in it for a minute. I was like, oh, man, maybe D'Lo is, you know, most most improved player. And then I watched that Raptors game last night. 
and I've all, I've been leaning towards Pascal the whole time. But I watched that Raptors game last night, and every minute that Pascal Siakam was on the floor was an impact minute for him, every mm-hmm. single one, and it just solidified in my mind that he is the most approved player. Oh, for sure, he you, deserves that honor. You feel his presence on the floor. Oh yeah. Like I said, whether it's on defense where he's been a monster. Uh, on offense, where you can throw him the ball in the post, you can give it to him up top, uh, let him work off pick and rolls, uh, or he can legit just snag the rebound and so take it straight first. up the floor, mm-hmm. hit you with a spin move, and cram it in your face. Or he's going to toss it out to Danny Green, stand wide open in the corner because yeah. he's drawn all the attention into the basket. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I, it's, it's Siakam for me, hands down. But I guess uh, we can transition there into our Rookie of the Year conversation. I think so. Luca. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I can imagine that we're all pretty much on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, this definitely did turn into another two-man race. And as much... like I will give Trey Young all the credit in the world. The dude had a... He fought like hell to get his name on that ballot of Rookie of the Year. He did. I mean, he had a incredible second half to his season, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I feel like it was kind of one of those things where, like, you know, Luka was the headline for the first half of the year. Absolutely. The first half of the NBA season. And then I would say, once the Mavericks were definitely out of playoff contention, it was kind of like, let's transition to Trey, to the Trey Young and John Collins show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree. Atlanta's going to be exciting to watch for years to come. If they can land a big free agent... <coughs> Zion Williamson. Man, could you imagine? But... <laughs> Lob City 2.0. <laughs> yes. But um, Trey Young, you know, I'll give props to the guy. Transitioned to the NBA far better than I think really anybody thought he was going to. Um, Dude, he sucked in Summer League. Yeah, he was bad. I mean, he, he But Summer, summer League isn't summer isn't really a good indication of how people are actually going to be in the league. True. Jonathan Simmons lit Summer League. Uh, <laughs> or not Jonathan yeah. Simmons. Um... Uh, Jonathan Isaac? Jonathan Isaac. This year, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Lit the summer league up. Okay. uh, I definitely, if anybody wants to come out there with me, I've got a little bit of space uh, right on the beach on Jonathan Isaac (laughs) Island. It's beautiful. Uh, It's low rent right now. Uh, So... It can only go up from here. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We're going to build a whole... uh, We're going to build a whole neighborhood. Um, But, uh, but yeah. Uh, Luca, for sure. I, uh, I don't see how there's any way not to pick him. No. I mean, you know, just Luca all the way. Yeah, no, and I, I will give you the the whole, not necessarily a slide that that Luca had in the the second half of the season. Obviously, the wear and tear mm-hmm. is going to be there. Um, the dude is used to playing a lot of games in the row, coming from uh, coming from Europe where they they were playing lots of games. He's got to do uh, the regular Euro League. He's going to have to do you know FIBA. Uh, so the He's, I'd, I'd say at the wear and tear point. I've seen a little bit of him sort of exasperated on the floor. Also, um, the their trade mid-season. Well, not, oh, not the I'm trade sorry. for each other. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, the, 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 Knicks, the Knicks trade. The Knicks, the oh, Knicks yes. trade for Przingis mid-season that kind of thinned the Mavericks out and set them into flat tanking. Uh, for the year, uh, put the ball in his hands a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw a lot of Jalen Brunson yeah. uh, this year with the ball in his hands, or especially after that trade, too. Well, yeah, because you, you moved Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your other you know, point 
is gone. Yeah, exactly. And then with the J.J. Barea injury as well, which shouts out to my boy, J.J. Barea. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, with J.J. going down, they, they just don't have a whole lot of competent ball handers. What, Devin yeah. Harris is, is <laughs> still, boy, still this, there. This jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say it's Luca. What, did he win? Uh, Western Conference Rookie of the Year, what, like four months in a row? Yeah. yeah I mean, or rookie, rookie of the Month, four yeah. months in a row. Yeah, I mean, the, he's, he's, put up, he's put up incredible numbers, uh, and he's been uh, <laughs> amazing to watch. He's really he, been consistent. He's been consistent, and he's been a hell of, hell of fun to watch. The Matador. <laughs> Are you going the Matador? Is that your new nick? I still kind of like Wonder Boy. But it's but is he gonna transition into a Wonder Man? That's what I'm saying. There, there's a, there's a lot of questions there. I, I feel like Wonder Boy's a bit racist too. <laughs> Wonder, oh, okay. The Wonder We're Bread connotation. Wonder Bread. Yeah, like Baloney Miracle Whip and Wonder Bread. No. Uh, I just I just hear Tenacious D every time Wonder I hear Wonder Boy. Boy. Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, I can go. I can go Matador. Uh, so I guess what all we have rest, uh, all we have left for regular season awards is the honorary Lou Williams uh, six <laughs> man of the year award. True that. True uh, that. So yeah, what it's Lou Williams, right? Yeah. Cross Lou the board, I believe. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lou. All right, great. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit of a brush up on the regular season, uh, but of course we are in the middle of the playoffs, first round right now. Uh, we'll run down a little bit of an update. Warriors-Clippers series sitting at 1-1 after the Warriors blow a 31-point lead uh, in the second half of their Game 2 the other night. Uh, Nuggets and Spurs 1-1 after Jamal Murray's hot, hot yeah. shooting fourth, fourth, performance. 21 in the fourth, man. Absolutely. Uh, the dude was on fire, letting that arrow fly yes, sir. last night. Uh, yes, sir. So the Nuggets tie up that series 1-1 going into San Antonio. Uh, Portland comes out with another win on top of the Thunder, so they are up 2 0. Great win. Yes. Solid win. Absolutely. Really great win. Absolutely. Uh, So Portland's up 2 0, going back to Oklahoma City. Uh, We have Houston, Utah playing tonight, game one. Houston takes relatively handily. They're up 1 0 in the series right now. Bucks, Pistons uh, is going to be an afterthought of a first round series at this point. Uh, pretty much in. If the Bucks don't sweep, I'm going to be shocked. <laughs> the only uh, way I don't see the Bucks sweeping is if Giannis rests. And I, I mean, this, is there really a point to rest him? It's it's the playoffs. True, like, but if he you can rest after the series, series is over. it's first. It's the first playoff series. Give him a game. Hey, I mean, the guy had 24 and 17 in 23 minutes oh, in yeah. game one. Goodness. Uh, that's. That's all it takes to jump out to what they almost won by about forty points. I just made the Andre Drummond is trash. <laughs> Worst plus minus in NBA playoff history. Yeah, that yeah. was that was that was heavy. <laughs> heavy. Next heavy. next series, the one that I'm probably most excited about. One of the series that I'm most excited about in the first round is this Pacers Celtics series. Oh yeah, absolutely. That game uh, was we're a sitting fight. Sitting at one zero Celtics Pacers right now. Uh, let's not forget the rest of the Eastern Conference series. Raptors. Win last night pretty handily on the Magic to tie that one up 1-1. And then the last series of the Eastern Conference, Sixers-Nets sitting at one game apiece after the Sixers come out and really light 
the Nets up Dude, these, in game two. The swaggiest playoff series in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Just wait for game three and four, too. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, Barclays Centers is going to be wild. Yeah. On Absolutely fire. wild. On fire. Um, so, yeah, there's a, that's where we're sitting. We've got a few games tonight. Um, I think we're starting off with Celtics Pacers, and then we're going Bucks Pistons, and then Houston and Utah. Yep. So, that's all I got to say about that, fellas. All right, guys. Well,. I think uh, that'll put a conclusion to the first uh, rundown of the Checkup podcast. So, signing off from a cluttered room in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Stay tuned.